Welcome everyone to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. On this edition of our program, we'll be discussing the Division II Festival, a festival of sports championships in the fall to be hosted by Seattle Pacific University. That's where we find Jackson Stava. He's in uh, my lower left. Uh, and uh, for the purpose of these conversations, we're going to get to you momentarily, Jackson, about hosting this mega event. And we've got two individuals that know this all too well from the NCAA, Terry Steve Gronow, Vice President of Division II since 2013, and Karen Kirsch, who joined the national office in October of 2012, uh, has, was hired as the Director of Championships and Alliances in July of 21. Uh, I wanna start with you, uh, Terry, um, the, the sort of formation of this idea, which I love. I love the fact that we're coming together for championships all in one. Uh, obviously, it can't be done at every level for various reasons, but why has this been such a success at the Division II level? It, well, thanks, thanks, Andy. It's great to be with you. Um, this is such a unique event for Division II, as well as the NCAA. It's like no other event in college sports where we're able to bring multiple championships to one city. I think it's been successful because it's a real celebration of the student athlete. Um, with these festivals, we're able to offer like opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, student athlete lounges, not only for social time, but with this fall festival, a lot of our student athletes are getting ready for fall um, final exams. And so they need a place to study and we offer that opportunity as well. But um, it's the celebration of the student athlete. It's the emphasis on the student athlete experience, which is why these have continued to be so successful uh, for division two, as well as the NCAA. All right, so uh, Karen, we've got men's and women's soccer, field hockey, volleyball, and cross country, correct? Yeah, six championships. Obviously in the fall, um, you know, there aren't as many as other times of the year, certainly not maybe the winter and certainly the spring. Um, help me out here. H how did all the, the stakeholders, if you will, and we know this in athletics, <laughs> every sport has its own advocate. They want their own stage, if you will. How did all these sports come together for one goal, one purpose at one site? Yeah, so we all go through a bid process for all of our championships. So the respective sport committees go through that process even in years where they are going to participate in the festival. So any institution or local organizing committee that's interested in hosting the festival does have to put forward bids for all six championships. They have to express interest in, in taking all of that on in addition to all the other things that come into a festival. So we do see um, different types of bids in festival years because there's just so much more required, but our sport committees still go through their same analysis. And then ultimately they make recommendations to the division two championships committee who ultimately decides where the festival is sort of to your point of how do you balance the competing interests uh, champs committee weighs in on that. Uh, Jackson, before I have you jump in, uh, Terry, can you pick up on that? Just how hard it is to get various sport committees on the same page because there are so many different interests? Yeah, you know, I mean, with all of our sports and championships, you mentioned it, they, they all have their own nuances and coaches and student athletes, the way that they prepare for championships and even the regular season, there's very much a process to it. Um, and so it can be difficult bringing all of these um, multiple championships together. But the one thing that we have learned, and now that we've been able to do them um, 
multiple times is that the student athletes, they just really enjoy the experience. And I think as we continue to focus on that part of it, coaches, administrators, and others, and even us within the national office trying to put on this massive event, I think understand that we're trying to do it for the student athletes. So we have to figure out how to work together. And there are compromises along the way um, that have to be made by each sport. But once you go through the event and you have a chance to experience it, you realize all of that um, work effort was definitely worth it. What would be an example of a compromise that would have to occur between those sports? Yeah, great, great question. So for this particular uh, festival, um, we have our cross country student athletes coming in a little earlier than they normally would for their regular championship because we want them to have an opportunity to participate um, in the opening um, ceremonies. And so that's sort of one thing they've had to compromise on is coming a little early, but to be able to participate um, in, the, in the full events. And then actually on the day of the championship, um, teams are playing at different times than they normally would. Um, for their isolated um, championships. And so we've had to work through how do you get um, all those championships um, happening on a Saturday with cross country being able to compete um, on, a, on a Friday. The other example I would give is field hockey. Um, I think they would say it's a compromise for them to be going out to Seattle. It's not a sport that has a lot of presence uh, west of the Mississippi. And so they've really embraced the opportunity to go to a new part of the country where the sport isn't um, really heavy participation. And they've really leaned into that. All right, Jackson, uh, I've set the stage for you. Huh. Why did Seattle Pacific want to host? Yeah, great question. And I think my answer is probably different today than it was in 2020 when we put our bid in. Um, you know, I have had the, the pleasure since I've been here at Seattle Pacific of really partnering well with the Seattle Sports Commission, which is, a, you know, a group here in Seattle that tries to bring as many major events to the city as we can. And the fall festival is something that we have targeted really since six years ago when I arrived. And the gentleman who was running the Sports Commission at that time came to me and he said, hey, when the bids come open, we should get a festival. And so we've been looking at it for, for years, and we put a bid in that we thought was a really good bid. Uh, most of the sports have a huge following here in Seattle. This is a soccer town. We think our soccer championships are going to be unbelievable in Seattle. This is a great distance running town, and so there is a lot of energy around cross country, a lot of great volleyball up here. As Karen mentioned, there's not a single person I know that plays field hockey in Seattle, but um, we're flying some folks in from the East Coast that are going to help us run that, but it was a championship that made sense for Seattle, you know, and this is a city that has grown a lot. The infrastructure here has grown a lot. We have some new hotel properties now where we can have all of the student athletes and coaches in one venue, one hotel, which is going to be an incredible experience and the way they'll get to interact with each other. And we're just kind of excited to show off our city. Not a lot of these folks get a chance to come all the way up to the upper left, as we like to call it. And so we're excited to have people in Seattle. All right. So, so to that point, Jackson, um, if there is no field hockey, how'd you come up with a field? Yeah. So the good news is they they basically play on any any turf field that there is. So they play on football fields, soccer fields, and we have plenty of those here in, in the greater Seattle region. So we have a great venue for field hockey. It's a brand new renovated five or 6,000 seat stadium. 
brand new turf on the ground, renovated locker rooms. It's going to be an amazing facility for field hockey. Uh, we're, it doesn't have field hockey lines on it, but we're taking care of getting those painted here in a week or so. And we got brand new goals in place. So while we're not used to playing the sport here, I, I actually think the field hockey experience is going to be first class. And I think those student athletes are going to have a remarkable time. So Karen and then Terry, if you could jump in here uh, on the backside, um, help me uh, help educate everyone. What, what is the history of this festival and how was the, uh, how did the pandemic interrupt this process? Yeah, absolutely. So the festival concept was born in the early 2000s. Our previous president, Cedric Dempsey, really challenged the divisions to come up with unique and creative ways to enhance championships, particularly for those sports that don't always get all the attention. Um, and the division came up with, with this concept. So the first one was in 2004, uh, Spring Festival down in Florida. And we've been off and running ever since. And again, it's been just a really great hallmark event of, again, not only just the division, but the association as a whole. Um, we have not had the opportunity to have a festival since fall 2018 due to COVID. So we're really energized to bring this back and all the team, all the work that Jackson and his team are doing to put on this absolutely incredible event. We think it's going to be a, a really great return to what everyone knows is a great event, um, but probably is going to mean so much more to people after a four-year hiatus. I'll add to that um, to say, you know, just given my tenure um, at the national office, I've been able to attend every single festival that the division um, has hosted, starting back at the one that Karen mentioned in 2004 in Orlando. And every single one of them has been unique and different. Um, and they have only gotten better from festival to festival with the things that we have learned over the years and the experience that we're able to provide um, to the student athletes. So. Jackson, no pressure there, um, but we are real excited to come out to Seattle, as Karen mentioned, our first time to be really out on the West Coast and all the unique opening and closing ceremonies that we're gonna be able to provide um, to the students. It's the, the festivals have a long history um, within the division. Um, they are unique, different and special, and it's something that we continue to build on year over year. Um, Jackson, as you know, uh, here at the NCAA, uh, the membership, the home office values inclusivity and especially at championship events, uh, we want those all to provide environments that are safe, healthy, um, and safeguard the dignity of everyone. Um, if you can, if you can elaborate on that and what steps Seattle Pacific has taken, will take to ensure that the festival uh, has an inclusive environment. Yeah, no, I, and Andy, I really appreciate you asking the question, you know, because as most people on this call or many people watching know, our institution has been in the news a lot recently um, with some decisions that our board has made. And we understand that that is a challenge for folks thinking about coming to our campus. It's also a challenge for all of our faculty and staff and many of our students that are here. And so it is not something we are unfamiliar with. Um, but as I have worked with Karen and with Terry and with others at the office, we, we also recognize that uh, myself and my staff and the folks that have volunteered for this event, the people from our conference office and other institutions in the Pacific Northwest, uh, we're fully committed to continuing to provide a dignified, safe, healthy, exciting experience for everyone that walks on our campus. I believe that's happening now. Um, as I've said to my staff through this entire last 18 months of challenge on our campus, um, we cannot control the decision of our board in athletics, but I certainly can control the experience 
that student athletes and coaches have when they walk in this building. And we are uh, resolute in the fact that we are going to make this uh, the greatest environment we can, and we're going to exceed every expectation to the best of our ability. So um, I am not afraid of people asking those questions. In fact, I, I embrace them because I think it's important that the membership and our student athletes hear from me and hear from my staff that uh, we hear your concern and we are going to do everything we can to make this the best environment possible. And we've got a group of staff and faculty that are working really hard every day to make sure that happens. So what will that look like? Yeah, what that looks like is, you know, we're doing intentional training for all of our volunteers on the front end uh, to make sure they understand what safety looks like, but also what dignity looks like for the people that we're working with. Uh, we're working very closely with our campus community to ensure that our facilities, both here on campus and off campus, are prepared for the needs of any group of people that would step into that space. Uh, we've partnered, obviously, with folks at the Seattle Sports Commission and Visit Seattle and other entities in town to make sure that we're providing the right staffing. Uh, to ensure that same safety and dignity everywhere that we go. And, uh, and I think the biggest thing that we're doing, honestly, Andy, is we are, uh, we're embracing the challenge. Um, we know that we have to rise to a level that's different than others because of some of the challenges that have been on our campus with our board. Um, and we are having those conversations actively every day, as we have been for the last 18 months, uh, because we know that we have to have a higher bar than maybe others have in the past. We're going to do that. And to wrap that up, in, in early December, not just on the field of play, but off and around the festival, what will a successful event look like to you? Man, there's a lot of layers to that question. <laughs> um, I think, you know, partially we just got to make sure it all happens, right? Uh, make sure we get everyone in the right place. But, you know, a successful event for me uh, will be one where student athletes walk away and they're, uh, they feel as celebrated as they have every other championship that they've ever stepped into. Um, I can't control the weather. It's probably going to be wet and it's probably going to be cold. I can't control whether the buses run on time. I can't control the Seattle traffic. Um, but we can control the experience that our student athletes have. And, and I am convinced that if they walk away feeling as celebrated as they have at every other festival that Terry has mentioned and all the other championships that we've been a part of, um, that myself and my staff, we've done our job because that is what, what is in our control right now. And that's what we're going to lean into. And to Karen and Terry, if you both could add to that, on and off the field of play, the court of play, what would to you be a successful event? Yeah, Andy, I'm just really excited again about the return of festival after four years, but I just keep telling folks that I know we're gonna have a huge number of our participants, whether that's our student athletes or our institutional staff that would never have the opportunity to go to Seattle but for this experience. And, and that to me is really what the championship experience should be all about. Creating memories, things that people are gonna look back on decades from now. That was a, a really incredible experience that I was able to have because I was an NCAA division two student athlete. So I hope we end up with six incredible champions that we crown on Friday and Saturday, and we will celebrate them certainly at our closing ceremonies. But I hope our, thousand student athletes and 1300 travel party walk away and say, you know, Seattle was one of the best experiences of my life. And if most of them are saying that we've had a really, really great week. Yeah. And Andy, I just want to add to that to say, you know, this is about creating a memory um, for our student athletes so that when they look back at their college experience, they remember the time that they got to participate in the D2 championship festival 
um, in Seattle, and they remember the the experience that they were able to have. Um, so this is, to me is about creating memories and, and ensuring that our student athletes have those memories that they can share. And just as Karen and, and Jackson, you know, mentioned, excited to just to crown six national champions. I mean, that is excitement in and of itself, and to do that six times over a two-day period um, is going to be a great celebration. Hey, one last thing before we go, and, I, and I'm just curious if the three of you can speak to this, because I love this concept. It's an Olympic-like concept. concept. Um, I, I'm just curious. I know you're, you're within the Division II world, but uh, if Division Three or Division One came to you and said, hey, how do we pull this off? How plausible is it to do at you know, the Division I level or Division Three level on both ends of the D2 spectrum? Uh, we can just go around our our room here and I'll start with uh, with you, Karen. Yeah, I think we're the envy of the other two divisions with our festival. I talk to my colleagues all the time about that. Uh, I think everyone knows it's a really cool concept. It quite frankly just requires a lot of teamwork and collaboration. You gotta have a great host on the ground and we certainly do this year with Seattle Pacific and the Sports Commission. And then what's great for me on, on our end internally is our division two championships are usually a pretty small team of folks. We're getting to work with close to 30 people, I think, total in the building are touching this championship in some way. Um, and so that's really fun, too. So if you've got the buy-in, both in our building and with the host, anything can be successful. And certainly the other two divisions could um, follow the model if they wanted to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I certainly recognize, you know, there are probably some Division One championships that just the size and the scope would prohibit that just for making a lot of sense. But there are ways to do it. And I love what Karen said earlier. You know, one of the things that I'm so excited about it, about our championship is it is going to highlight sports like field hockey and sports like cross country that, that maybe don't typically get the same recognition that some of their peers do. And I think at the division one level that could certainly work for a number of the Olympic sports. It would be a great pedestal to prop them on to really give them a greater exposure. And similarly, I, I see no reason why this couldn't work in division three. I I'll echo what Karen said as well. It's a lot of work. It takes a city that's willing to partner with you. And we've got great partners here in the city, but um, it's going to be a wonderful experience. And we can't wait to have folks here in Seattle. And I certainly hope other divisions give it a try. So I, I just want to echo everything that, that Karen and, and Jackson said, because, you know, this does, like we talked about before, it does take some compromise and a lot of collaboration and communication among um, a whole host of groups, but it's absolutely doable. Um, to be done um, across any division if they so choose to do it. And um, Andy, if I may, I want to hijack this question because I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about um, the impact we're going to be able to make in Seattle with all of our community engagement that we do. You know, so Karen mentioned we've got over a thousand student athletes coming for the festival and all of them will be participating in some type of engagement with the community. And it's about building relationships with the city of Seattle and then inviting them back in um, to our championships and to be able to see our student athletes on the in their competitions and on their fields of play. So um, I am looking forward to that part of it as well for us to really give back to Seattle and to Jackson and all of the work that they're doing to put on this amazing event. Um, it's our way of giving back and we do that at every championship because it's such an important part of our division two experience. And there's no question, Jackson, the upper left is a tremendous part of our country. Uh, and hey, the uh, Elite Eight, uh, one of the two regional sites for the women's basketball tournament will be in Seattle uh, come late March. So obviously yep. a lot of good things happening in the upper left 
in the Northwest in Seattle. Hey, I appreciate everyone joining me uh, on our social series, Karen, Terry, and Jackson. Good luck. Uh, I think it'll be a tremendous event. I hope more will follow in your footsteps. As always, you can go to ncaa.org slash social series where all our social series are archived. Thanks for watching, everyone.